overwhelming. Okay. Right. <laughs> nice of you ladies to let us be a part of the conversation. Uh, <laughs> let's stand and make our visitors feel welcome as well as our church folks. So let's do that right now. <laughs> I'm going to ask one of our deacons, Carol Clayton, if he'll come lead us in prayer. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Let's grace and kind Heavenly Father, we just glorify your name this day. We praise you for your love and your grace and your son. To through the shedding of his blood, we receive forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we lift up the prayers of each and every person here this day. Lord, you know each and every one, every concern, every care, every love thought. We praise you, Lord, that we can come to you and submit to you all these things. And we can lift up other people for healing and comfort and a lifting of their spirit. Lord, we just praise you. We can be in your house this day. May you be honored and glorified. In his name, amen. 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 Thank you, Carol. We are glad to see you. We know that we've got several visitors. Thank you so much for coming today. And please make yourself at home. And we're glad to have you. And we always try and recognize babies when they are here for the first time. Um, and their parents who obviously brought them here, but uh, Lee and Leanne Pulliam had their daughter, uh, Brantley Ann, that was born on July the 25th. So if you will stand and let us see how pretty that little baby girl is. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. They came all the way from Alton, <laughs> downtown. No, a little bit out in the suburbs. But again, we thank you. Quickly, some announcements. Tonight, we start meeting back. Uh, the adults will start meeting back at the church, and so we'll be here at the church at 6 o'clock. Also tonight, the uh, Awanas begin their fall and winter schedule, and they'll begin meeting at 6, at 6 to 7.30. Please remember them in prayer. The youth will have their end of the summer gathering at Stan and Kate uh, Cruz's Lake House. So that will begin at 4 o'clock. Uh, Tuesday night, there are three, or Tuesday, three different Bible studies going on. Uh, 9.30 in the morning, the Armor of God at the home of Jan Bowes. 6.30, the Redeemed Bible Study here at the church. And also the Men's Kingdom Bible Study at 7. Also, the group that goes to Cambridge Hills to do devotional and singing will, will be out there at Cambridge Hills at 6.30. And then our regular Wednesday night services, again, as school has gotten started, we're getting started back on our, our fall and winter schedule. And please don't forget, this Saturday at Olive Hill Ballpark, beginning around 3 o'clock, if you want to come out that early, that'll be fine. We'll eat around 5.30. <laughs> But it's our annual uh, Sunday school fall picnic, and you are invited uh, to come. Do we need uh, desserts? I think that's the only thing we ask you to bring is desserts. Everything else will be provided. For those that serve on the uh, deacon board, the associate youth pastor search committee, personnel committee, and pulpit committee, there will be a, an important meeting next, next Sunday afternoon at 1.30. Um, we would ask all that are on those committees to be here for that. Uh, you'll see a lot of things scheduled. Uh, one of the things I want to mention is the fall revival. That's only a couple of weeks away. Uh, October the 9th through the 13th, Reverend Marvin Suit will be here uh, to lead us in revival. And I pray that you are praying for that right now and that you are, are lifting Marvin especially up in prayer couple of inserts. I want to remind you, we still need some uh, volunteers for the nursery, 
both the 8.30 and the 11 o'clock service for kids' worship and children's church that are held during the 11 o'clock service. Only a few people have volunteered, and we need your help, okay? Uh, also, on the back of that, the um, preschool golf tournament, the benefit, the Sunshiners Preschool, that will be October the 2nd that afternoon. Uh, the churchyard sale that will help benefit Stories Creek Elementary School and My Life Matters that will be held on October the 8th and the tissues of love uh, for the high school. You've, you've been able to see that for recent weeks. Um, this morning, let me give you some additional names and some corrections, okay? Please remember these folks that have been placed in Roxburgh Nursing Center. These are additions this past week. Uh, Benny Clayton, who is there for physical therapy and rehab, as well as Elma Clayton. Um, Calvin Wren is there, and hospice is taking care of him. Please remember him. Francis Carver, that is Linda Hatcher's sister, that will have surgery Wednesday at the Davis Surgical Center. Please continue to remember John Melton in Virginia and South Boston at the Commonwealth Extended Care uh, Tina Ratsliff at the Hawk House. Uh, at Duke, Philippe Fortin has gone home. So God has truly answered many, many prayers on his behalf. Rudy Long is scheduled to have bypass surgery midweek. He is going to be in the hospital until his surgery and after. Carolyn Fuller is there. She had surgery this past week. Uh, Eunice Jones is now at home instead of at Person Memorial. Um, Betty Reyes asked us to remember her son, uh, Steve, um, Steve Allen uh, Stegall, who is at Duke Regional and will have a heart stent put in tomorrow. Please, please remember him. Uh, at home, Doug and Linda Carver. Jean uh, Clayton. Jean is here today, but please continue to remember her. Janet Davis. Ray Harris is here, but please remember him. He has a knee problem. Todd Clayton continues to take... Uh, treatments, cancer treatments, or treatments for a tumor in his brain. Liz Cole at home. Uh, Betty Jean Hawkins. Many of you know Betty Jean. She will be admitted into Duke today and have some surgery tomorrow. Rosa Mae Lewis. Alton Reeves at home. Bud Hall was in the VA hospital, but, um, but he is at home. Um, Vera Whitfield. Donna Wilburn, who needs a kidney transplant. Charles Westbrook. Uh, Estelle Wren, many of you know Estelle. Estelle is now, she was in Roxborough Hospital a couple of days, but she too is under hospice care. Uh, Barbara Winstead, who takes chemotherapy, Joyce Wren and Texie Wren. Folks, for just a minute, and I want to do this in the prayer time, okay? Um, we've had, under other concerns, the 2016 elections. And I'm not up here trying to be political, but I think as Christians, it is very important that we vote. I will not tell you how to vote, but I think that as each party um, presents their platform and what they believe in and what they will do if their nominee is elected, I think as Christians, we need to compare those things and we need to make a decision based on the Word of God and what it teaches. Um, I hope that you're taking this election very serious. Whether you like either one of them or not, somebody's going to be sitting in a White House in January. And um, I hope that you're praying for it. Um, I hope that you will vote. Uh, for generations, the military has fought in wars that this country might remain free. And many have sacrificed their lives so that we could live in a free country and be able to vote. These are some very real things that I think we need to acknowledge. And, and I, I'm not trying to criticize you if you don't vote, but I am trying to encourage you that you would. If you haven't yet uh, registered, please do that. And it doesn't make any difference to me which way you're going to vote. Register and vote. Stand up and be counted as an American that loves this country. And um, there, I hope there's going to be some change. And I'm not just talking about in us getting more money in our pocketbook. I'm talking about our country turning back to the Lord. So.
Okay. What Fran is telling me is you can go to Samaritan's Purse website if you're young people really computer savvy. If you're not, I've got Decision Magazine on my desk, okay? And, uh, and I, that was not sarcasm. I, I'm not a computer person. But it lays out what the Democratic Party is standing for and what the Republican Party is standing for. And again, I'm going to leave it at that. But, folks, there are some very serious things that God's going to call this country to, to account for. And, um, and let's pray. Okay. Father, first of all, we, we want to acknowledge that there are many folks that need to be lifted up in prayer because of sickness and illness in upcoming surgeries and battles with cancer and many other illnesses, Father. And, God, we want to lift all of these folks up to you. Lord, we praise you and thank you. We know that every day you are giving each of us health and strength to, to live each day. And, God, please help us to see the importance of our loving each other and our seeking to help others that are in need. God, few of us are in the medical field today. But yet we know that there's healing power in prayer and there's comforting power. And so, Father, we lift up the many, many folks, both in hospitals and nursing centers and assisted living facilities and at home, many that we don't know and never seen before. But, Father, we lift them up to you and pray that you will bless them. God, we, we pray for our nation God, may there be a great revival. God, may people turn from sin and turn to you. God, may we stop being so concerned with stuff, and may we get concerned with your will. God, thank you for all that have come this day. Thank you for the freedom we have to assemble ourselves together. Please, Lord, keep us safe, not only from physical harm, but keep us safe from spiritual harm. God, may our focus not be on ourselves, but may it be on you. May we not be here to be entertained, but to be strengthened in our spiritual body so that when we leave this place, we can go out to serve you. And Father, I thank you for this church and for every church. I thank you for these church members and visitors that come today. And God, help us. Help us that we'll hear a word from you today. And God, may we truly give you the the honor and glory that you deserve. And as we pray together, we remember the words that your son taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our verse of the month comes from Psalms 89, verse 1. Let's say this together. It's out of the Good News Bible. O Lord, I will always sing of your constant love. I will proclaim your faithfulness forever. And at this time, I'm going to ask our young children to come down to the, to the, uh, to the front for children's moment.
But if you grow up, one of the things I would encourage you to do is read the Bible. Now I've got an old man's Bible. You know what that means? It's words are bigger. And I have to highlight stuff and underline it so I won't forget it. Just like that verse that I was looking for. But let me tell you a quick story, okay? I love going outside at night. I told you that. But this time of the year, a lot of snakes are crawling at night. Did you know that? So you know what I take with me? I take my flashlight. I've got one of those little small ones. It's a super duper flashlight. And that thing, I can shine it and go to the moon. Did y'all know that? It won't quite go. It won't quite go that far. I'm just kidding, okay? You saw the moon in the sky. It wasn't as pretty. It was a full moon last night, and it used to be called the hunter's moon because back in the old days, the hunters would hunt at night. No, it's the harvest moon. That's right. Let's stand and sing um, hymn number 18, Glorify Thy Name.
stand. Would you lead us, please, in this prayer? Thank you for this day and this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for the beauty of your creation. Thank you for your love and your grace and most of all your son, our Savior, who came to this earth and suffered and died for our sins. Father, we thank you for all our many blessings and we give back a portion of those blessings. We pray, Father, that you will bless the gift and the giver to further your kingdom here on earth. All this we ask in Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you guys so much. Look, I hope you will turn in your Bible uh, to Psalms 23, 6, and also John 14, verses 1 through 3. Let's pray together. Father, capture our attention this morning as we read not only the testimony of King David, but also as we hear the words of your son to his disciples hours before his death. God, there's so much uncertainty in our world, so much doubt that has led to fear and not knowing if this life is all there is. So, Father, help us to hear from the word of God and from your Son that not only is there hope in this life, but there is an eternity which we will spend with you because of your grace and love for us. Lord, teach us from your word. God, help us to share the things that we learn with others who do not yet know your son as their savior. And God, help us not to be people that simply judge and criticize others, but God, help us to love in the name of Jesus those that have not made yet that decision to trust Christ. God, thank you for this day and for the opportunities that all of us have as Christians to learn and grow in our faith and to grow stronger in you. And for those that have yet to receive Christ, for the opportunity they have today to hear your spirit speak to them and say, I love you and Jesus died for you. Father, please be in our midst and speak to hearts. For we ask in Christ's name, amen. Let me read again Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, if the verse stopped right there, wouldn't it be something? But it doesn't. And listen to what David says. And I, I want to tell you up front, some Bible scholars, of which I am not one, but some Bible scholars think that this next phrase is about David being able to attend the house of God the rest of his life. But I think it goes far beyond that. Listen to what David says. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then hear the words of God's very own son. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I love these next verses. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. This is the eighth message on God's amazing grace. I do not apologize that it's taken this long and And I believe next Sunday we're going to wrap this up, okay? But let's go over just a couple of quick things, okay? Let's define God's grace. God's unmerited, free, spontaneous love for sinful man revealed and made effective in Jesus Christ. Another way of putting it is this, God's riches at Christ's expense. And I hope one of the things that you'll not only notice today, but you've noticed throughout these messages that all of the Bible talks about God's grace in Christ. The Old Testament is pointing toward the coming of Jesus, toward the cross. And the New Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, reveal the cross. And then from Acts to Revelation, it points back to the cross. In the past weeks, we have examined four of the five ways that God's grace has been revealed. And I want to I mention those again, okay? The first four, God's savings, saving grace, God's grace that brings peace, God's grace that leads us and upholds us through trials, God's grace as he promised us in his word will be with us throughout our lives. And this morning and next Sunday, we're going to look at this last one. God's grace will be experienced by the believer throughout eternity. As we closed our study two weeks ago, and let me thank again the KIPP for their program last week and for Tommy Jean and the adults that led them. 
But as we closed our study two weeks ago, we closed with this truth that I think is a biblical truth in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. God's grace is a guarantee that he is with us all the days of our lives. This day, tomorrow, how many ever more days you and I have, God's grace will be with us. But this morning, I want us to turn our attention to God's grace that will be experienced by the believer throughout eternity. And folks, just think about it for just a second. The ultimate fulfillment, the climax of God's grace is that we would live in the abode of God and his son forever. And folks, God's grace for us doesn't end at our death. And so let me again uh, read Psalms 23, verse 6 to you. You don't have to go back to that, uh, D, but I'll just read that again. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And, and, I love the way that that David puts this. Folks, listen, God's grace will not end at death. He says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, just for just a moment, think about David. After David had experienced God's grace throughout his life, how did he know that he would dwell in the house of the Lord forever? You know, that's a pretty arrogant statement if we don't have anything to back it up with, isn't it? And folks, I want to ask you, how can you and I know that we shall live forever in heaven with God? And let me just, let me get get you to think about some things about David, okay? David lived hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene. And unlike you and I, David didn't have much scripture. And, and I don't know this for sure, but perhaps David and his generation had the, what we call the books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. They had the Ten Commandments. They had the Book of Covenant. But how did David know about the abode of God and living eternally with God? How did he know? And let me just give you some reasons that I think he knew. First of all, David had experienced the grace of God. And because he had experienced it on a day-to-day basis, he not only believed in the daily grace of God, but the grace of God that would not end at his death. And there's another reason that I think is so important, and I hope that you'll listen to this. And again, folks, you and I as today's Christians, do you and I realize how much evidence we have of there being a heaven? Listen, Jesus came, he died, he lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again, he ascended back into heaven, and he's coming back again. David didn't have that. David didn't have the word of God that teaches about this place called heaven and that Jesus would come back again for his church. But let me tell you something that David did have that you and I have, and that is the spirit of God living within us. And just pause a second and just listen to what the word of God teaches us. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, and this is on the day that Samuel has gone down to find a new king for Israel And he goes to the home of a man named Jesse who has a number of sons. And as each one of those sons came in before Samuel, God said, this is not the one that I'm going to appoint as king. But when David came in, God said, this is the one. And in this verse, 1 Samuel 16, 13, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. This is very important. Here's the man of God that comes to this house and says, this young man, this shepherd boy is going to be the new king. And so he anoints him as God's anointed king. And that's important. But let me tell you, the next, the next phrase is so important. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Folks, you and I understand that as New Testament believers, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. 
And again, I hope that I'm going to make this very simple and plain, folks. The Holy Spirit of God has a lot of functions that he does for us as Christians. And let me just list some things, okay? Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. Listen to this. In him, Christ, you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, have believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And that word and that concept, seal, means to be so in Christ that nothing can rip us away from him. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me. And they're in my hand. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And then he talks about how they're all in the Father's hand, and no one can snatch them out of, out of God's hand. Folks, when you and I trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we came under the protection and possession of Jesus Christ and God the Father. And Paul says in verse 14, which is the guarantee, the guarantee of our inheritance. What is he talking about? The guarantee of heaven, what God has got stored up for us which is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of, the, of his glory. And listen to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. And, and this is such a beautiful verse, or verses. Paul says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Remember in John 1, 12, as many as received him as Savior, to them gave he power to become the children of God. Listen to verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of what? Sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father. It is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now look especially at verse 16. It is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Folks, there's something that God has put in you and I to help us to understand that we are his children. And folks, if you don't feel that way, then you might not have trusted Christ. And you might need to rethink this thing. It might simply be outward religion instead of inner conversion that Jesus Christ has brought into your heart. Folks, let me try and make a comparison here. And I've told you this before. Before I trusted Christ as my Savior, I knew I was lost. I had no knowledge of Scripture. I didn't understand that Jesus came and lived and died on the cross for me to take away my sin. I didn't have that knowledge, but I had that sense about me that I was lost. And here's the point I'm trying to make. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. After we trust Christ as our Savior, then there is an assurance in our heart that we're his children. And he has a place for us. Folks, the Spirit of God does that for us. And some of you might be saying, well, I have the Holy Spirit in me. And if you're a born-again believer, the answer is yes. And I quote or read the words of Jesus. Listen to this, John 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus says, after he tells his disciples that he's going to leave them, I will pray the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But now listen to this last, this last line and a half. You know him, for he dwells where? With you and will be in you. And folks, if we are born-again Christians according to the word of Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Holy Spirit is not only with us, but he is in us. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is to assure us that his promises will become reality one day. Now listen, folks, I want you to understand something. I have times of doubt myself. But folks, I'm saying if we stay in the word and if we stay close to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will remind us that we're God's children. Why? Because of the grace of God for us. Folks, 
the Holy Spirit will let us know it's not because of our worthiness that we are guaranteed heaven, but because of God's grace given to us through His Son and through the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. Let me read some more verses to you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. I'm going to be reading this out of the New International Version. Listen to this. If somebody said, where's your address, what would you say? Well, I'd say 101 Poplar Lane Road, Roxburgh, North Carolina, and proud of it, I might add. Just seeing if y'all are still awake, okay? All right. But listen to what Paul says. Paul writes these words from prison. And he said, but our citizenship is where? In heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. What do you think Paul's talking about? He's talking about heaven. Look, we're just on this earth for a little while, y'all. Some of us, our checkout time is getting closer and closer, isn't it? <laughs> you get to be my age, it looks real good, too. You know what I'm saying? You talking about me or you talking about going to heaven, Jeanette? All right, okay. <laughs> and look, this is, what I, this is what I want to talk about next week. I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans a little bit. This, this phone absolutely amazes me. It's an iPhone. And I'm just learning how to use this thing. And one day I came back to my truck. I was at Duke. And I got in my truck. And a lot of times I'll check to see if there's any messages. And I clicked that little thing. And you know what it said? It said 55 minutes till home. And I thought, how does that thing know I'm going back to Roxburgh to begin with? <laughs> We don't know how close we're at home, do we? And I ain't talking about rocks, borough. I'm talking about heaven itself. But I want to tell you, and I'm not up here just trying to act like a preacher and tell you that there's a heaven, but folks, there is a heaven. According to the word of God, according to people who followed God both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And folks, listen, listen to what Jesus said. In John 17, verses 14 to 18, and you know that this is a prayer. It's a lengthy prayer that Jesus prays after he told his disciples that he was going away from them. And just, I've got a reason for reading these verses, but listen to this. He's praying to the Father, and he's saying, I've given them thy word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not pray that thou should take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil one. And, of course, Jesus is praying that his church would be active and and alive and real and witnessing for the Father. But listen to what he says again. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Jesus says that twice in these verses. Sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth as thou didst send me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And here's the point that I want to make in those verses. We are here temporarily. Our citizenship is in heaven. And that's where we're headed. And although God has chosen for us to stay in this world, it's going to be a limited time, folks. Don't grab a hold of so tight to the things of this world that it keeps you from focusing on what is before us. And it is by the grace of God. And folks, just think, and again, I'm, I'm trying to get us to build a mindset that heaven is awaiting us because of the grace of God. Just think about some things, and this verse is not going to be on the overhead. But in John chapter 3, Jesus talked about being born again. And another way that that can be translated is being born from above. And if the conversion experience is something that happens from heaven to us, then folks, there's got to be a heaven, correct? And the Bible talks about our names being written on heaven's register. 
listen to this. The New Testament calls it the book of life. And I've got to confess, and this is my fault, not Fran's. I, I gave her four, Philippians 4.4, 4, but it's actually Philippians 4.3. And as Paul is mentioning people that have helped serve him, he mentions that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. And let me read those verses to you. Let me give you the context of this. It's, it's at the end of time. God's church has been taken out and taken to the Savior. The great battle of Armageddon where Satan lastly tries to overthrow God, he has been defeated forever and ever. But yet there are still people who say no to Jesus Christ. I will not believe. I don't believe that he is the Son of God. I don't believe that he died on the cross to save me. I don't believe that there's a heaven. And because they have refused... And folks, here's what they haven't done. They have not confessed that they're a lost sinner. They have not believed in Jesus as their Savior. And they've not invited Jesus to come in and cleanse them of their sin and live and reign in their hearts. This is what their ultimate end is. This is not the reason God created us. He created us to know him and to know his love and to know his grace and to know the place that he has prepared for us. But the Bible speaks of what happens when people refuse the grace and love of God. Listen to Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. Then I saw a great throne, a great white throne, and him who sat upon it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And he's speaking here of nonbelievers. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Now, you remember, I just talked about the book of life, the book of the Lamb that was slain, the book of life. But now listen, there's another book. And the dead were judged by what was written in the book for what they had done. And folks, it's not only just about the sins that were committed, but it is the fact that their names have not been written in the book of life because they would not trust Jesus and believe in him. Verse 13 says, The sea gave up the dead in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead in them, and they were all judged by what they had done. And folks, here again, this was, this God had given opportunity throughout history for man to respond to him. This was not God's plan, but this is what people allowed to possess them instead of Jesus Christ. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in what kind of book? The book of life. He was thrown into the lake of fire. Folks, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And if I don't tell you that, I have done one of the greatest injustices to you as your pastor. And I've not told the whole truth. But you see, I love to talk about grace more than judgment. Because you remember, Jesus said, I came not to condemn, but that the world might be saved. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, I'm just trying to tell you the truth, folks. As as an old, bald-headed preacher told me years ago, here's grace. And God wants you to know that grace. Let me give you just a couple more evidences of heaven, and then I'll stop for this morning, okay? God wants our lives to be guided by heavenly standards. Let me read to you the words of Jesus out of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. And look at the comparison here between the earth that we live on and heaven itself. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust corrupt, moss and rust corrupt, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where, in heaven, in heaven where neither moth nor rust co- consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Folks, there's a difference, and if we begin to hold on so tightly to the things of this world we will miss the glorious heaven that God has got prepared. And I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying if our Savior talked about it, we have the right to talk about it too, and we must talk about it. Amen. 
There's another reason that I believe in heaven. Many of our friends and family are already there. And soon we'll be there too because of God's grace, not our worthiness. And never forget, not because we were a member of Theresa Baptist Church, not because we were baptized by water, not because I'm a preacher, but because I've come to faith in Jesus Christ and know his grace. And folks, I want to leave you on this note. And there's so much more, so much more to talk about here. It might take more than next Sunday. Aren't y'all happy? Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I want to tell you, the Word of God is so rich. We're talking about describing our Savior. I, I've often wondered, you know, this has to be a book written by the Spirit of God. You can't describe spiritual things without having the Spirit of God breathing upon you. Let me get back on track. God has prepared an eternal city. Hebrews eleven sixteen. Listen to this. Hebrews eleven sixteen. But as it is, they desire a better country. You remember what this chapter is about. The heroes of the faith. These folks like Abraham and Sarah and, and all the others, Enoch, Moses, all these other folks who were willing to turn away from things of the world and put their faith and trust in God. And this again, thousands of years before Jesus came, but they knew the grace of God. Listen to this. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a what? A heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And you remember what Jesus said as we began. We hadn't even gotten there yet. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Praise God. I enjoy living on this earth, y'all. I enjoy Roxboro. But thank God, this is not all there is because of God's grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that heaven must be taken by faith. But God, we thank you for all the evidence that you give us, the promise of your Son, the testimony of others that knew that there was going to be a day when they departed this life that the grave would not be the end, but that they would meet their God and their Savior face to face. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Thank you that Jesus has that place prepared for us. Father, today I would pray for us as Christians that if we've trusted your Son as Savior, that, Lord, we would glory in him. May it cause our hearts to be even more thankful than ever that as we approach that day, when not a cell phone will tell us that we're almost home, but your spirit will let us know that soon that time will come. And Father, I pray for those today that might not yet have trusted Christ as Savior. God, help them to know that you love them. Help them to know that your son came and died for them and that if they would trust him as the son of God and as the Savior of the world, that he'll come into their heart and give them birth from above and make them a new creation in Christ. Have your way and your will during these moments of invitation. For we ask in Christ's name, amen. I don't know a better hymn to sing this morning than How Great Thou Art, number six. As we stand and sing, if God's Spirit is leading you, would you come? Let us stand.
joined the church a number of years ago. And, uh, and I'm just setting this up for what Ellen wants to share with you. Uh, John uh, has Alzheimer's, and it has worsened, uh, and he is now in a center in South Austin. And Ellen wanted to just come and say a few words of appreciation. I just want to thank everyone for their prayers, for the cards, and for all that you've done during this time. It has been a rough time. I don't wish that Alzheimer's on anyone. If you've had any dealings with it, it's rough. Uh, praise the Lord. He is in a good place over at Commonwealth in South Boston. He's well satisfied. Praise the Lord for that. I feel like the Lord opened that door. And I just want to thank each and every one for their love, prayers, and all of your time. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming today, and especially our visitors. Thank you. And we'll keep praying for John. Thank God that, um, you know, that makes heaven even more meaningful, doesn't it? That one day we will be healed. Let's stand as we have a closing prayer. Jeff Norman, would you please? Lord, we. Thank you for your blessing.